and welcome to our podcast, M and April, talking things business, socials, and wellness. <laughs> Hello, and welcome back to episode nine. Uh, today, M and I have got a lovely guest here for you. But before I introduce her. Em, would you like to say hello to our audience? Hi, everyone. And if this is the first time you have joined us on the Emma and April podcast, welcome. Uh, we love bringing you some awesome content. So um, we're really appreciative that you're here. And enjoy, we hope you enjoy this episode. And uh, don't forget to hit subscribe. Absolutely. So today we have our second guest um, on our podcast. And today we have the lovely Talia from Terra with Talia. Now, this is going to be a really interesting uh, podcast because Talia uh, writes a blog and she uses a platform, Instagram. Uh, She has also just recently completed her marketing degree, but she's also one of the youngest people that I think I have ever had anything to do with through my agency, Boss Lady Brain, Um, and she's just 21. So, Talia, welcome. Thank you so much, guys. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> <laughs> We're excited to have you. It's super cool. So um, can you introduce yourself to our audience? Yeah, sure. Um, well, I'm Talia Doegelia. Um I'm 21. I run a women's health and well-being blog that, God, what don't I talk about on there? Let's be honest. I talk <laughs> about a lot of different things on there. Um, and I've just recently finished my bachelor's degree of management and marketing as well and about to start a master's of social work actually. So got a few little things that I do and get up to. <laughs> yeah, awesome. So can you tell us a little bit about your blog? Um, and I know you call it a women's blog and I follow that on Instagram. You've always got such gems and pearls of wisdom and advice and you're very raw and vulnerable. Um, and I, I would say you're also very confident in your ability to share and contextualize things in a way that they come across really informative. So can you tell us a little bit about your blog and what made you sort of first start blogging and, um, you know, choosing the topics that you, you choose to share? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so God, how did it start? Well, I had another little private Instagram account where I would just post these like big long rants about the universe to my friends and my friends would just be like, Talia, like you need to share this with the world. And I was like, no, like that's weird. I don't want to be a blogger, you know, like that kind of stigma that comes with it. So I was really uncomfortable about it at the start. And then just as more and more people kind of started saying to me, no, like the things that you're sharing are actually really important. You're talking about things that no one else is talking about. Um, I just was in my room one day and I went, I don't know if I can swear on here, but fuck it, I'm going to. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so I was in my room and I started the blog and it was so scary trying to choose the platform that I was going to go on. That's because I think in blogging a lot of the time where a lot of your audience is lost is often when you've got these big long posts that are on a separate link that you've got to click on to go to. And a lot of people don't have the time of day to do that. That's a lot of effort. People don't want to re-navigate from one social media platform to another. Um, So that was why I decided to run it on Instagram because I wanted to keep it um, concentrated and easy to easy to access. That was like one of the biggest things that I wanted to prioritize with it because I think if you're trying to get a certain message out there, that message can get lost in the communication channels that you choose if you're not choosing your, your audience. Um, so that was probably the biggest thing that I, why I chose to run it on an Instagram platform. Um, with the content, yeah, I definitely talk about 
anything and everything from, you know, well-being, mental health, through to sex, drugs. Um, there's a lot that I talk about on there, but I think one of my biggest motivators on there is to just talk about things that maybe make things make people feel uncomfortable, but that are still so relevant and important to talk about and just mm-hmm. getting those conversations happening because I think a lot of those topics are things that we all deal with and we all think about and talk about and go through, but if no one's out there actually having an open conversation, how are we going to reduce stigma in society for them? Um, yeah, so- absolutely. That's cool. One thing um, I just wanted to talk to you about is uh, uh, just from what you said, you said it takes a lot of effort to click from one link to another link. And I guess that's sort of what we've evolved to as people. We want instant gratification and instant, you know, like for me, I'm thinking like a click, like a click, you know, and people will be listening to this because we have a, like a very wide demographic audience. So we obviously got you, but we've got people who listen to our podcast who are like nearly 70 or over 70. So um, can you just reiterate about that a little bit more be- and from your marketing experience and really good understanding of Instagram? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things that I learned in my degree is that people don't like to go more than one thumb scroll. That's a massive thing that people don't like to do. It's, it's something in the way that our brains have adapted when we use social media that if we have to scroll more than once, we're less likely to stay on it. We're just going to keep scrolling past it. If it doesn't capture someone's attention in one thumb scroll, you're going to lose a large number of your audience. And that's the same with going between different social media platforms is people don't like to open another link. They don't like to have to take them from one channel to another channel. They get lost. That's when they get another notification or when they're clicking between the two, their phone rings or their kids crying and then they, you lose them. They get distracted. Whereas if it's right there, it's in their face, it's accessible that easily. That's one of the best ways that you can keep your audience engaged because you lose a lot in hopping between different channels, hopping between different links, hopping between different platforms and mediums. So that's yeah. definitely something that I've applied to how I run my blog because it, I like it to be there and easy to access and grab them while they've got their attention so they don't have to come back and find it. Yeah. And the in translation of all the other things that they're probably being inundated with on social media. Yeah, that's a really big share. Okay, so Talia, I wanted to ask another question before I let Em speak. Um, if you could see him right now she's just sitting smiling um so there's a lot of people i know who will be on who are listening to our podcast and they're like a blog on instagram so i think i know how you do this but can you let me know so a lot of people be like oh what does she just sit there and like type it in on her phone or do you do it a different way can you elaborate on that a little bit more yeah absolutely so um what i did when i started was I figured out exactly how many spaces down and how many letters and words you can use in an Instagram caption. And I write all of my blog posts to the capacity that Instagram will allow so it's not cut off. Um, So what I do is I write them in notes on my phone where I have it like set up so I know exactly how many spaces down and lines down I can go. And I just copy and paste that over into my Instagram caption section and then just upload it as just a normal Instagram post. So it, I do call it a blog because it has all the traits and qualities of a blog, but it is a blog that's based on an Instagram platform. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for clarifying that. I'm sure our listeners are going to, um, yeah, get a lot out of that. M, I will let you talk. Thank you. <laughs> I've got like so many things going through my head right now. Um, cause I just, I love what Talia does with her, her blog, not just the content but also the strategy and the thought that you put behind it. I mean, 
you take one look at Terra with Talia on Instagram and there you can tell there is a very specific strategy, aesthetic that, that goes into putting together this content for you um, in a way that works, allows you to be vulnerable, allows you to connect with people. I mean, it's one of the most engaging Instagram channels that, that I've seen from someone who is based in a, in a regional town that is so raw and so vulnerable with her content um, and herself and so giving of her time. So, Talia, can you talk us through your strategy behind Terra with Talia and, and, you know, what thought process goes into putting together a post? And then from, I guess, that thought process, how does it, you know, get to become on to Instagram and how do you promote it? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, thank you so much for everything you said there. That was so nice. Um, so, yeah, especially being in a rural regional town, it was very, very confronting at the start to be talking about the content that I was talking about. Obviously, it's a small town. People whisper. People, when you share and you are that vulnerable um, on a social media platform, there's always going to be people whispering and talking and there's not as much of that um space and removal between you and your audience in a small town. Um, so that can be really confronting at times, but that's probably also one of my biggest motivators, being in a small town and creating opportunities to talk about those kinds of things because we are in a place where a lot of the time there's not outlets to talk about those kinds of things. So I kind of wanted to be a little bit of a voice um, in our little regional town talking about the things that make people uncomfortable and being vulnerable and just being myself on there. Um, in terms of the actual post itself, yeah, I do put a fair bit of time and effort into coordinating like my logos and the fonts that I use and making sure that the entire brand looks really cohesive. Um, that's something that I learned to value through my marketing degree and understanding how that really impacts um, the way your audience sees and engages with your content. Um, so just things like using the same colors consistently, the same kind of filtering, the same um, font types, all of that is one of the biggest things that I've used to kind of create the brand that is Terra with Talia. Um, just because when you have that disparity between your content and your branding, it's very hard to attract the same audience. Whereas if they are cohesive, your audience is going to see that and they're going to know it's you straight away. And it kind of sets the tone for what your audience can expect of you and also sets the tone for how easily they're going to pick up on the content that you're trying to share. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, Talia, I'm curious. So you talk about the brand Terra with Talia, uh, which is really great because just in our last podcast, Em and I were talking about branding and building community. So it's just really um, great that you're the, you're the next guest, to be honest. So tell me, when you think about Terra with Talia, where does the future take this? What have you got planned for this? Currently, you've got the blog. Have you got anything that you sort of would like to achieve with it? Yeah, I've got some. I've got some really big, uh, big dreams about what I hope that it will get to be one day. Um, I'm about to do my Cert Four in counselling, um, and I would love to combine like the Terra with Talia blog aspect into also one-on-one -on -one mentoring and counselling, particularly with young women. That's something I'm really passionate about going into. I think. Well, I like to think that I'm already building a nice little community of women on my blog, and I definitely get some amazing. Um, amazing contact from my audience who want to share and want to talk to me about things that they might have going on or saying things like, oh, I'm so grateful that you spoke about this because now I feel like I can too. Um, but, yeah, in the future I'd love to take on, um, like, clients, doing counselling and mentoring. That's one of the things I'm really, really passionate about and that's already starting to happen 
organically just for people reaching out to me through the blog, wanting to catch up and talk things through and saying, hey, can I be vulnerable with you about this? I really just need to talk some things through and that those kind of motions are already starting to happen organically, which is really exciting. Um, but in the big future, I would love to take it further and run um, like young women, particularly like adolescent women, health and wellbeing workshops or even um, like programs, 12-week step programs um, to help young women come to terms with all the things that go on, especially during adolescence. That's that's one of the big dreams. And the, the big, big dream is eventually to run my own women's health and wellbeing centre. <laughs> that's the big castle on the hill at the end of it. So That's amazing. I love that. It's brilliant. And if you, if you guys could see Talia right now, you can just see the spark um, that shines across her when she starts talking about this and that it, it just oozes out of you. Like you can tell that that's your passion. And, and I caught up with Talia last, last week for breakfast and I got everyone around the room to ask, you know, answer what, is your, what are you passionate about? Don't tell me what you do. Tell me what you're passionate about. And Talia's answer was pretty much exactly what she just said women's health, empowering women, um, particularly young women and adolescents. So well done. Congratulations on the Terra with Talia blog. If there was, I guess, one thing that you could give our audience in terms of a tip to using Instagram, what would it be that that is your, you know, your biggest thing that changes Instagram for you? Um, for me, it sounds a little silly, but having a cohesive feed is is one of the most important things, in my opinion, to attracting your audience. Making sure that when someone looks at your Instagram, they know it's you. When someone sees, especially if you're a business promoting through Instagram or a brand promoting through Instagram, making sure it's cohesive and making sure that it's you and your representation of what you stand for is probably one of the biggest things. Because when you've got like all these different mixtures of just all these different fonts or quotes or photos or imagery or layouts, people are going to scroll past and they're not going to actually realize that it's you. And so if you're building a brand on Instagram, it needs to be the same way that if you look, if you see the color of a Coke, like the Coke logo, you know that that's Coke instantly. And that's what you need to do with your brand. And that's probably one of the biggest things with my my brand and my blog that has helped me is most people know when they see that little aqua color or they see that little love heart that I have in the top of my logo, they know it's they know it's Tara with Talia instantly. So making sure you're cohesive with your branding is probably the most important thing that I would recommend if you were going to run promotional stuff through Instagram. Yeah. Talia, I'm curious to know, um, because you really like to work with young women, are you going to migrate or have you already um, started a migration into TikTok and sharing your content through there in video? I have not. I have not really ventured into TikTok yet. I'm still apprehensive about it. I downloaded it as a joke a couple of months ago and I kind of am obsessed with it. Um, I'm not entirely sure if TikTok is the platform for me um, simply because I think it does kind of come into a bit more of a humorous side, which is fantastic. But I think sometimes perpetuating yourself through every single social media channel can be disarming to your brand as well if you're not going to target the right kind of the right kind of people as well. So I would argue that most of my audience would not be looking for my content on TikTok. It's not that they don't necessarily use TikTok, but it doesn't mean that they're going to be looking for my kind of content from that media channel. And so to overexpand myself and going into that right now doesn't feel like the right move for my brand. Mm -hmm. 
And what if Zucks shuts down Insta? <laughs> if Instagram was- I'm just asking. I'm a business coach. So no. this is my job. <laughs> no, of course. Of course. Um, I would probably say that my, my next fallback would still be Facebook um, because I think that Instagram and Facebook seem to be the two channels where people are being the most vulnerable and looking for those that kind of material um, compared to Snapchat or TikTok where though that is not really the aim of the app, that's not really the aim of that social media platform, um, whereas yeah, Facebook and Instagram seem to still be the channels that we're going to when we're looking to be vulnerable, we're looking to share, we're looking to put those long-winded posts um, that, you know, disarm kind of societal standards and I don't believe that Snapchat and TikTok are really the social media platforms for that right now but that's not to say that that might not change or my opinion might on that might not change in the future but right now it just doesn't feel like the right channel for me absolutely because instagram was initially set up purely for photographers that's that's you know yeah where i learned it was that born the hard from. way <laughs> i was a very <laughs> amateur know. photographer then when i joined as a very amateur user i didn't realize that what you posted other people could see Oh, yes. Oh, dear. <laughs> so I put this like a pregnancy photo there and it was like nude and I was just like, um, no, it wasn't until my, my, my friend Corinne commented on it and I was like, holy shit, people can see this. <laughs> <laughs> that was like quite some years ago. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. Oh. I said, how are you? Why not upload it? <laughs> well, I quickly deleted it. Trust me. <laughs> Awesome. And uh, so Talia, I mentioned at the start to our um, listeners that you are only 21. And to me, I think you've really got your head screwed on and your ability to look into the future, concentrating on building a brand, being patient in building your business and really just loving what you do. I find that really inspiring to people who are, are new to this. Like what is your advice to them or who were young, uh, younger than you and wanting to do something like you are doing? So one of the biggest things that I had to realign in my own headspace was the mentality of I'm in a regional town, there's no opportunities here. There's no opportunities here. There's nothing here. When reality was that that was just a barrier that I, and a little narrative that I had created to myself that was preventing me from actually from actually seeing the opportunities that were there. So I remember the first uh, boss lady brain networking breakfast that you that you had that I went to. I saw it. It popped up on Facebook, and I was like, "Oh, I couldn't go to that. Like, I'm I'm not this. I'm not that. I'm not I'm not in business yet. I'm only a student. I work part time at Cotton On." And then I just went, "Look, okay, why not? I'll just show up." And that's what I did. And I turned up that morning, and I walked in, and I was like, "Hi, I'm Talia. I don't know if I had to book or anything, but I'm here. Can I?" <laughs> and that was it and that was the start of so many opportunities that I have I mean I got to be a guest speaker at that breakfast I then met yourself and Em and I met Bianca and Sally through through that channel and that was just by showing up to an opportunity and not letting myself be um, scared by the fear of rejection or yeah. the reality of there's no opportunities because really we are I personally believe that we're in control of our opportunities and that if we want them, they are there, but you have to be willing to like break down those barriers and those mentalities that are stopping you from achieving those kinds of things. Um, so as a young person trying to build a brand and be in business and kind of step from the student to professional world, I think just immerse yourself in networking as much as you can and don't be scared of rejection because at the end of the day, like it's just going to be a lesson even if you are rejected and you're probably not going to be. I mean, I haven't had a 
experience yet by putting myself out there at all. Everyone I've um, spoken with or met has just been amazing and so welcoming. But the only thing that was ever stopping me from doing that was my own beliefs of not being good enough or not being, you know, it's the, the imposter syndrome. That's like the biggest thing. I had massive and still do have massive imposter syndrome. But once you start to really break that down, that's, yeah, when the opportunities really start to appear. I love that you started talking about this because um, as a business owner myself and, and being in my first 12 months of business, the imposter syndrome is absolutely real. And, you know, I've, I listen and I absorb and I learn so much from, you know, people that have been in business, spiritual leaders, all those sorts of things. But the biggest thing that stands out to me is those stories that we tell ourselves and they quite often come back to a time in our formative years, so when we were quite young, of having that feeling of when we weren't good enough or having that that fear of not fitting in or having that fear of rejection. Um, and so I think it's really important and this gets, I guess, magnified or has for me in my experience it gets magnified and the volume gets turned up on that fear when you're stepping out as yourself, your brand, your business. Um, and and so what I've been trying to do for myself over the last probably six months once I started recognising this fear and not wanting to let it control me was where are these stories coming from and what happens if I feel the fear and do it anyway. Mm. Like Talia just said, it, you know, there's so much power in feeling that fear going along and questioning those those self-limiting beliefs like I can't, I don't, I don't meet this criteria, I don't meet that criteria. No one gave you that criteria. Mm. That was stuff that you'd, you know, internally come up with because fear and your ego wanted to manage you and control you and keep you small. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, yeah, I agree with you 100%, Em, and what come up for me when you were sharing that is on my laptop, I've actually got this sticker that I sit there and I see it every single day. Like it's right near my keyboard and it says, do what they think you can't. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I just love that because I think a lot of the time our, our fear of not being good enough is because we think, oh, they're going to judge me and I can't do that. Or they think I can't achieve that. or think my idea is stupid. And so for me, that little sticker that I see every single day, like multiple times a day, and whenever I'm in doubt, I just look at it and it just gives me so much motivation to just push forward because just like the both of you, I have suffered majorly bad with imposter syndrome and I, it probably hasn't been only like in the last maybe couple of months where I was like, um, actually, no, April, you're like fucking smart. And, but it took me 35 years to, know, to own that, you know? And now, and to unleash that and to own that and to step into that level of confidence, the ability to then scale and expand and, and increase the speed at which you can manifest things and change life um, is really, really quite phenomenal. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, imposter syndrome is probably one of the biggest, biggest things that I've struggled with, especially um, speaking about the content that I do. And it, and it definitely comes from a, well, I'm not, I'm not actively qualified to do this so why should that stop me doing it should I not be speaking about these things until I've got qualification do I need the tangible element for me to then be able to speak about the things I want to speak about um, and especially as a young person in the business industry in the wellness industry the imposter syndrome is insane I remember the um, imagine the possibilities conference which you hosted April mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. was there, that was terrifying for my imposter syndrome because I was probably one of the youngest people in the room. Um, 
IFAR and it was terrifying to hear from all these women who had been in their careers for 10, 15, 20, 30, 40, 50 years and then there's little me who's at the very start of my career and that was terrifying but at the end of the day, I mean, that imposter syndrome just comes from that ingrained societal belief that we need tangible tangible skills, tangible qualities before we can actually yeah. act on them, that we have to meet the, you know, the hierarchy, the steps on the ladder before we can progress when realistically a lot of the time we can progress at any rate that we want. We can progress faster as slow as we want and there's not really as many tangible steps that we actually have to meet before we can make that progression. Yeah, absolutely. And what I've learned from when I was nursing for so long is that actually the more qualified you become, the more likely you are to be sued. If you don't have a qualification, like (laughs) they can't like take your registration off you or anything if you're not registered, you know? So it's just like, fuck it. I've got nothing to say. So I'm just going to say everything that I want, you know, like (laughs) the reality is maybe it's best to be less qualified. I don't know. (laughs) So let's just bring it back um, to, to where we began Um, with Talia. We, we introduced you today. We've absolutely loved having you on the podcast and sharing all of your knowledge around blogging and using Instagram as a platform for blogging and the importance of building brand. I think that's so valuable. So before we close out for today, um, any pearls of wisdom that you would like to share or something that you'd like to um, bring up with our audience before we close off? Yeah, absolutely. I think with the line of work, with what I do and working with women, I think being vulnerable and one thing that I've definitely had to learn is being vulnerable during the mess and being vulnerable when you're going through things is sometimes so much more valuable than just shining it when you come out the other side. I think so often we as a society are very good at being like, oh, look at this big thing that I just went through, but I'm fixed now and I'm better now, so I'm going to show you how great I am on the other side, but very rarely we're willing to actually talk about the lows when we're going through it, when it's heavy, when it's dark, when it's scary, um, because there's still that kind of barrier where we don't like to share that darker, heavier, messy side. It's perceived as attention-seeking. That's something I've been called for my blog many times. It's a what I personally believe is a misconception. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that if you are going to share vulnerable parts of yourself online, feel comfortable enough and be brave enough to do it during the mess rather than waiting for it to be fixed. Because if you can do that, that's about as vulnerable, as scary as it can get. And when you do that, you give permission for other people to open up as well. And that's that's the whole thing with what I do. It's about creating that one little conversation that allows someone else to go and take that and then pass it on and we just give each other permission to open up and be vulnerable ourselves. And it's a big ripple effect. So um, I definitely recommend being open and honest with yourself and with your audience, even when things are difficult and before they're even resolved because I think there's a lot of power in humanising yourself and your brand as well. Yeah, awesome. I love that. That's just like, to me, it just talks about being super brave and I love that. And I really commend you for um, not just showing the highlight reel on Instagram, but showing like the real person behind the blog. So thank you. Em, over to you. Absolutely. I just, I love your authenticity and what you stand for. And you've just summed it up perfectly there. So Talia, for our listeners who I'm sure are super keen to find you and follow you on Instagram, where can they find Terrible Talia? 
Uh, yeah, so just on Instagram. So it's Tara with Talia, T-E-R-R-A-W-I-T-H-T-A-H-L-I-A. So Tara with Talia. Um, and it's just there. You can give me a follow and come say hi, message me, engage if you want to or not, whatever you want to do. Um, but, yeah, I hope I hope maybe some people come and check it out. I think there's a lot on there that people might resonate with. Awesome. And just finally, where does Terra with Talia come from? Oh, Terra is the Latin word for earth. So earth or the world. So uh, like Terra with Talia is kind of like the world with Talia, the earth with me. I love it. that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I knew it had a very special meaning. So um, thank you yeah. for sharing that. Thank you for coming on the Emma Naple podcast. It's no, been thank you guys so amazing much to have me. you. Um, all the best with the blog and Terra with Talia and, you know, your counselling certification that you're doing this year. I think there's some real gold, valuable, amazing things that you're going to do um, throughout your career and I've just yeah, felt really privileged to find you at this point and, um, you know, be part of that journey with Terra Talia. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. So to all of our listeners, thank you for listening to Episode 9 on the M and April podcast. If you haven't yet subscribed, be sure to head to your most loved podcatcher and hit subscribe. Uh, we would love to be entering your ear pods every single time we release a podcast. Thanks, guys.